This is one-on-one's NHL podcast, where we take on the five hottest issues in hockey with three of our NHL beat reporters. It's time to go five on three. I'm back. It took about a week for me to miss this show too much to have to end up getting back onto it. But Matt Morrow, of course, did a fantastic job last week filling in. But I am back. Anthony Pusick here on one-on-one's five-on-three WFUV's NHL podcast, now going into our third season of existence, and I'm very excited for that. And of course, as always, I cannot do it alone. It's five topics with three hosts. Joining me today are Leighton Schneider and Christian Goey. Guys, I'm excited for a couple of reasons. I'm excited, one, because I'm back on the podcast talking to you guys. I'm excited, two, because hockey is back. There Um, is hockey being played, and that is more than enough to get me excited. And the Zen master himself is back, uh, Anthony Pusick, as he said. (laughs) So uh, he's he's like our hockey guy here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's great. It really crept up on uh, on me. I, I, I so paying attention to all the sports. The baseball is huge right now, and football's back, and then hockey's back. It's a great time. Uh, nothing like fall sports, so I'm really glad to be here with you guys. Leighton's so excited that he broke his finger <laughs> just to be with us here today. It's true. I have no idea how hockey players play with like broken fingers or taking pucks to the face because this is painful right now. <laughs> no, I understand, and I and so, uh, I'm sure we'll fly football into I'm, that, right? I'm yeah. sure we're going to end up having you on the IR at some point, but for now, we don't have to worry about the IR for a lot of teams. Hockey is back, and of course. Um, of co- the biggest news today is, of course, the the incident um, involving Patrick Kane and, and his ongoing investigation in in a sexual assault case. And uh, I, I would want to touch on that, but we 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 talked about it that nauseum last week. And at the present moment, there are too many conflicting reports um, to say anything concrete or anything to add to what we said last week. So we're just going to leave that uh, where it is right now, and 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 let the uh, and let. Um, whatever's going to happen in that case happened. And, of course, the NHL has said that his status is still up in the air, which is a big news, of course, for the Blackhawks. But let's talk about some other promising players uh, in the NHL. And, of course, I'm talking about Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel, who made their debuts earlier this week. Uh, Connor McDavid, of course, getting the first star in the uh, in in the prospects game with the Edmonton Oilers against the Vancouver Canucks, in which the Oilers won 8-2. Jack Eichel scoring the game-winning shorthanded goal for the uh, Buffalo Sabres in his first uh, piece of action. Uh, Leighton, I know you were high on these two guys. What did you think of them when you saw them? Well, we've heard about them for a long, long time. I followed uh, Eichel in college hockey last year. He was great, amazing, great talent. And McDavid, everyone's saying he's the next Gretzky, he's the next Crosby, saying he's going to get 100 goals, 55 assists, whatever it is. And after these first two games, they've definitely lived up to their expectations. McDavid had two assists in their preseason opener. He played 20 minutes, which is the second most on the team. Um, and Eichel, he p- was the first-line center. He played offense. He played in the defensive zone. He had the game-winning goal on a shorthand, and he also had an assist against the Wild. So these two guys, their uh, futures are looking way up for them and for their teams, I think. A lot of people were skeptical going into this season about the praise that Connor McDavid was getting. Steven Stamkos basically honestly said, I think that Connor McDavid is better than me right now. We see the type of player that Steven Stamkos is. Christian, is that too high praise for a guy who only had a couple points in his first game? You know, I don't know. Stamkos is pretty darn good, but McDavid is... I think Gretzky said he is Crosby level, could be even better than Crosby. His vision is off the charts. Whenever I see McDavid play, I, I look at the passes he makes, and it's just like, 
what? How did he do that? He is that kind of player. He is he's a star. He's Gretzky Crosby-esque. I don't know if he's a Gretzky. He's not the great one. But Stamkos saying that, yeah, I was shocked when I heard that. Stamkos is a great player. But if he's saying that, and that's that's saying something. I mean, I don't know if he's there already, but I think he, yeah, eventually he'll be. He could be better than Stamkos. He's unbelievable. Well, one person you have to feel for is Jack Eichel because in any other draft, he would be the guy. He oh, yeah. would be the top player that everybody wants to see. In the last, I'd say probably three or four drafts, he'd probably end up being been the top pick with the skill level and skill set that he had at that point. And of course, the Edmonton Oilers drafted. The, the top pick in those last three to four years. So they've basically gotten a Connor McDavid or Jack Eichel-like player uh, during that time. But these guys are special. Uh, th- these guys don't come around every, uh, once in a while, which is why the Sabres had to go with Eichel second. And you saw him immediately score that shorthanded goal. Now, while the Oilers had a lot of rebuilding to do, it seemed like the Sabres, as, uh, as, as not as good as they played um, these last couple of years, Got a couple nice signings. They signed Ryan O'Reilly to a deal that we can all debate about a little bit later. But um, they signed Ryan O'Reilly. They helped out their defense. Uh, goaltending might be a little bit of a question for them. But is Jack Eichel going to have the immediate impact that everybody is expecting him to in the same way that McDavid is? I think maybe not to the extent of McDavid. He may not be as, as much of a stat sheet stuffer, but he is one. He's he's a spark plug. He makes plays. He's he's what 18 years old he, he's so young but uh yeah I mean it's a great great piece to have rebuilding uh in, in Buffalo he's a U.S. born player he's a guy everybody can really get behind he's he is a great guy like McDavid to really build a franchise off of so it's a great start for Buffalo I don't know necessarily what he puts you know up stats wise but I think he'll be, be very successful and yeah he's a spark plug so he, he should help them win games for sure yeah I agree with you and the difference between these two guys is Eichel's going to go in there and most teams are just going to key on him as the main guy. With the Oilers, they do have a lot of other former top picks and a ton of ton of talent. It's unproven talent, but it is there. And I think McDavid could be the little key factor that puts them up into that playoff spot, maybe 7th or 8th. Maybe they don't get there this year, but going forward, I think McDavid will have a bigger impact for the Oilers than Eichel. But at the same point, I think Eichel will have another tremendous, tremendous career. And it'll be great to see how these two go head-to-head. And they're going to be compared the entire year and most likely their entire careers as how they do against each other or in the same seasons. Yeah, and, and you said it, Layden. I mean, there's so much talent on. I, I like what Buffalo has with Evander Kane and, and Tyler Ennis. And now Bilesma, I love as their coach going forward. Um, but, yeah, Edmonton's got... S- I mean, how many first picks have they had? What is it, three in the last five years? Uh, they five, six, Nugent seven. Hopkins, uh, Drysdale. Uh, talking about Taylor Hall. Yeah, Taylor Hall, and, and maybe Yakupov can. He's in there. His I mean, potential. He, I mean, he, he was still there. Yeah, he was that prospect. He whether had a goal so preseason game. So I mean, maybe McDavid kind of brings it all together, and that's the same way with Eichel. They get the leader. They get the the main guy to kind of bring it all together into a collective team effort. Well, regardless, we're definitely going to be seeing those two guys uh, on the on their respective teams, the Oilers and the Sabres. A couple of guys that we don't know whether we're going to see on one team or the other is the New York Rangers, who have, uh, yes, a very big veteran team, but there's a lot of uh, rookies on, on this team that it would be interesting. It, everyone was interested to see how they were going to play, how they were going to develop this year, how much they've developed in the offseason. We're talking about Brady Shea, Dylan McElrath, even some of the low-key signings from the AHL in uh, Megna and Gibbons. Uh, ended up uh, paying huge dividends for the Rangers 
in their in their first two preseason games. And again, the preseason is very young, but the uh, Rangers had a convincing 6-3 win against the Devils on Monday, and then last night lost against the Flyers 5-3 uh, to three in Philadelphia. Guys, not sure how much you guys have watched of those games. Christian, you not covering a beat at the present moment. And uh, Leighton, uh, who are you covering again this year? That's the Islanders. <laughs> you are covering the Islanders. So, yep. again, these are two teams that you guys don't necessarily have to watch um, religiously, but uh, what have you thought, if you saw anything, uh, of the of the performance of the Rangers? Who stood out to you? Well, I, I like Lindbergh. I think a lot of guys. I know you didn't Another mention him. Another guy I didn't but, mention. But uh, I, oh, Gibbons and Magna, they played very well. They both they each scored. Um, but I really liked Lindbergh. Uh, Matt Bodie, me, me and you both talked about, we both really liked Bodie. He's a defenseman. Maybe he can slip in there for that seventh spot. I don't know. But I liked Lindbergh. I know he's 23 years old. People have been kind of waiting to see if he can finally get there. Spent the past two years in Hartford. Played very well. Um, is this year he kind of makes the leap? It's kind of crowded there. He is versatile. He can play on the wing. He, he he plays center and wing, but do the Rangers have too much there? They're in win-now mode despite him being 23 years old. You know, he still probably has some room to grow. So I liked Lindbergh. He scored, I think, in both games, and he's playing again tomorrow night. Um, so I, I think he's a nice nice player to look forward to. Leighton, is there anybody that you think cracks that Rangers – lineup that you don't assume is going to because the Rangers did end up signing Victor Stahlberg, Jared Stoll, two guys with playoff experience, Stanley Cup rings on their fingers, Stahlberg from the Blackhawks and Stoll of course from the from the Kings when the New York Rangers lost to them just two seasons ago. Is there anybody who's going to shock this Ranger the this Rangers team in camp and say we have to put him in the lineup, we have to let one of these guys go? That's a very tough question because they do have so much coming back. But I'd probably I know it's probably not a surprising pick, but I'm going to go with him. Oscar Lindbergh, he's been in the AHL for a couple years. He's had a good start uh, to the preseason, and I really don't think preseason for any sport is really important. But I think it is for him because that will hopefully push him up, push his confidence up a little bit, and hopefully be able to take one of those center spots because they do have a ton of uh, centers right now on the team. Right. So it'll be – I think he'll be one of them. May, maybe, I guess – Tanner Glass, <laughs> that, that's that's an interesting pick. He may not make it because I don't really know how he fits onto this team right now because he's not a high scorer. He's kind of a rough fourth liner. But I, I think that's an, another player you should look out yeah. for. You have to take a look at, at Rangers Twitter, really, to get a glimpse of what uh, Ranger fans feel about Tanner Glass. That that goes without saying. Uh, and McElrath. And McElrath. <laughs> and McElrath as well. But um, at the present moment, it looks as if the Rangers are setting themselves up with the roster they have for another good season, possibly another deep playoff run. But you look across the pond, go over to New Jersey, you take a look at this Devils team, and they lost 2 nothing to the Bruins in their opening game. And then we talked about that Rangers game that they ended up losing by the score of, I believe it was 6-3. to Yes, it was 6-3. to uh, Their offense is, is not as set in stone. They have... Uh, a lot of question marks uh, um, near the top of their uh, of their top six and uh, the defense. Uh, really, the only mainstay at the present moment that you can know is going to be a guarantee is uh, is Corey Schneider in net. So, Christian, what do the Devils need to show in the preseason uh, to, to to silence these doubters? Well, it's trans it's a transition time for them. And look, they lost Lamorello. He's gone. And he was a long time builder of that franchise. And, and now Shiro's in there. And Shiro did a good job in Pittsburgh, but. Eventually, it was just time for him to go, and I like Shiro, and, and he brought his guy, John Hines, to, to be the coach. 
Hines was the coach at Wilkes-Barre Scranton, the, the, that affiliate for the Penguins, and he did a very, very nice job, but he's got no NHL head coaching experience. So it should be interesting to see how this all turns out. Look, they're not stacked. They don't have a loaded roster, but they have a pretty good goalie who, um, you know, Corey Schneider. So I think that's a good starting point, but you know, it's going to be some time before they get back up there to Devils. I don't, I don't expect much of them this year. I mean, we could ask Leighton what he what he thinks <laughs> about the goaltending situation, but I'm just going to go to the harder questions and talk about e- either the forwards or the defense of that team. Leighton, who do you think needs to step up on that team this season? Uh, and, and who in camp specifically? I mean, we mentioned a couple names when we were outside talking about this before the show. Uh, who do you think is going to be people that uh, New Jersey fans need to watch out for this season? Well, I think, first of all, the defense is basically set in stone. They only brought on John Moore, who could crack the top six. Former Ranger. Former Ranger. (laughs) Uh, But their defense is pretty set in stone with Eric Jelena, Andy Green, Seth Hegelson, Adam Larson, John Merrill, and Damon Severson. That is a very young defense group. That might honestly be the youngest in the NHL. Uh, Andy Green's the oldest at 32, and then the youngest after that, or oldest after that, is 24. So that that's that. That's a that is a pretty young defensive that's core. That's a pretty young defensive core. But the one thing is, they've played a lot of games together. That's the one positive I think coming out of the defense. Offensively, though, it's going to be an interesting season to say the least. I think if you're a New Jersey fan, you've got to be hoping Pavel Zaka makes the team. He's from the Czech Republic, hasn't played in North America yet, and I think he'll be one of the main key guys to look forward to. Also, John Quenville, 19 year old, another young guy. If he can make the team, that would be amazingly good for the team. He's very off, uh, very good offensively, fast, and everything. And then also, after the first two games, Jordan Tutu, he's not a goal scorer at all. He's a fighter. He loves to fight defensively, penalty killer. He's scored some goals, gotten assists. If he can continue to do this at some rate in the regular season, 10, 15 goals, I think that would be huge for the, uh, the Devils. And also a big missing person in the preseason Patrick Elias right and and that's probably uh, the thing that hurts him the most because you already mentioned that that defense doesn't have a lot of veteran presence um that it's that they're so they're so thin in the veteran in the veteran position that to have a, a guy not like uh, to not have a guy like Elias in the preseason is is certainly going to hurt these younger guys who are trying to learn and, and fit into this game but you know, injuries do happen, and uh, I think believe it's a right knee injury, and he could miss all of the preseason uh, for the New Jersey Devils. But like you said, Layton, it should be interesting to see how going forward this Devils team ends up shaking out their lines. Jordan Tutu, like you said, scored a couple goals. See him in a third-line wing position as opposed to a fourth-line grinding <laughs> wing position? Maybe. Uh, but it, but certainly with uh, under new under new regime in New Jersey, uh, we might see a completely different Devils team that we've been accustomed to in the 21 years that we've been alive, uh, and, that's certainly that's certain. And I think it's important to acknowledge they do have pieces. I mean, they do have some young. Like Larson is a good player. I, I like Jelena, and 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 you know they still he's not young, but Camilleri's a good player. And, and Elias, he's 39 years old, so I mean that's to be expected with the injuries coming on. But they do have some nice pieces. Zaka, I think, was their sixth pick this year. Um, so. You know they they're not totally devoid of talent, but uh, it's definitely going to be different. Devils fans are a little spoiled the way that how good they were in the past you know decade or so. There's always a lull. We've seen it with the Yankees. We've seen yeah. it with a bunch of teams all over uh, uh, professional sports, and uh, it may not necessarily be a lull. There's been a couple of bad seasons for the Devils, but perhaps even with a young team, young teams have had a chance to surprise, much like 
You're going to love this transition. <laughs> a New York Islanders team that had a lot of top picks over the last few years and refused to trade those top picks as as some other teams did and kept Ryan Stroman, kept Anders Lee, and uh, asserted themselves in a, at a time when teams needed to shed cap but needed to get rid of players for basically draft picks. Who would be willing to take on 2 to $3 million contracts? A team with over $10 million in cap space in the New York Islanders. Enter Johnny Boychuk, enter Nick Letty, and enter a team in the Eastern Conference last year that was one of the best, both yeah. top top to bottom. Uh, Yaroslav Halak had a huge year. Uh, Strom and Lee really developed as players, and the defense, uh, a mix of young and old talent, but really good. I, I really like Calvin DeHaan's game. Saw him back in Bridgeport. Uh, when I used to when I used to intern there, and I thought he did very very well. Um, a, a little bit of a lull last season, but I think that he'll be able to bounce back very nicely. Um, and you take a look at them; they took they they defeated uh, Philadelphia three to two in a split uh, uh, in a split roster game. But then on the other side of the coin, uh, at home, ironically enough, um, ended up losing five to three uh, to the Flyers. And of course, tonight, big game: Islanders versus Devils, uh, first rivalry matchup. Um, tonight uh and it's over in the Barclays uh so guys we have to um we have to ask about this Islanders team who didn't make a lot of moves in the offseason keeping the same the same squad what do you what's your outlook on them for this year well they'll be a lot better than their third jerseys indicate I mean, we all <laughs> saw those jerseys but uh I, I mean I'm excited first year in Brooklyn it should be really cool but um I liked uh the recent acquisition uh Merrick Zidlicki for that uh power play that. uh you know, the power play, I, I think one of my friends told me, I, I knew they weren't, they struggled in the playoffs on the power play, but I think he, he said they went 0 for 14 in the in, in the playoffs on the power play. And and Zidlicki's a power play guy. He can really boost your uh, your offense on uh, from the blue line. So I really like that acquisition. You said it, they, they, they have so much cap space, uh, and they've really done a good job sticking to their young core. Strom, Anders Lee looked really good last year. Um, you know, Tavares, of course. Can they keep a poso? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't look great, the outlook of that, but he's got one more year on his contract. Same with, I think, Franz Nielsen. So they have a lot of great players. I really love this Islanders team, uh, Halak and Net, and there's a lot of excitement. But, you know, they're still very young, and can they kind of faded out last year at the end. And, and I want to see them consistently throughout the season keep that up. But they have a lot of firepower, and it's finally coming. Uh, it's finally all coming together for them. Yeah, I would agree. I, this is an exciting season if you're an Islanders fan. That kills me. I'm a Rangers fan. <laughs> My cousin plays for the Devils, but the Islanders. He I, does. Apparently, you yeah. want to clarify that? <laughs> <laughs> One more time. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think he needs to clarify. I don't no. think Leighton Schneider needs to clarify I who think, his cousin is on the uh, on the New Jersey Devils. I think Matt Moore let that uh, up to the <laughs> listeners at the end of the last show. He did. Hint, hint, he did. I, in, I mentioned him a little earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to that, I think they're going to have a great season this year. Uh, they did. Uh, they had a split squad against the Flyers. They won one, lost one. But in the one they did win, Tavares scored, Andres Lee scored, and then uh, Kirill Petrov scored, who's a younger player, won't make the team. And right now, they're up 2 nothing on the Devils, uh, about nine minutes left in the first period. Brock Nelson scored a shorthanded goal. Travis Harbinek has a goal, assisted by Tavares and Strom. Those are the guys that you need to produce. And they just ended up signing um, Nelson. I believe it was either right after we got off last week or right before we got yeah. on last week. I forget when it was. I think we, we still didn't have Nelson signed. I think it was after. Uh, the Islanders didn't still have um, Nelson signed uh, by the time that we ended up on our on our podcast. So getting Nelson back is, of course, huge for that team. Yeah, and 
as you said, they're a young team, but they're also an experienced team. John Tavares is a superstar. You you can say that without a doubt. He's one of the top players in the league. Oh, and, for sure. And as you said before, Kota Han, he's great. He's playing great right now. He should make the team. Uh, one player we brought up last week, uh, Ryan Pullock, defenseman. Hopefully he'll make the team. I think if he does, he'll bring a little bit of something different to the team. And just everyone else that's been so good, Nielsen, uh, Tavares, Okaposo, Strom. I think them together and overall, I think they'll have a great season right now. And I think goaltending is well a lot, a lot, lot better than it was last year. Um, and I think they'll give the Rangers and Penguins, I guess you could say the top two teams in the Metropolitan Division right now, problems for the entire season. Yeah, I liked. Uh, I forgot about Nelson. Um, I really like resigning him. Big, strong guy. Good young piece moving forward. They also let go of Grabner. They they moved on from Grabner, trading him for for some young guys. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I like I like their moves this season. They still have some space and, and you know signings of Luke, as I mentioned. So, I think they're in a, in a good position to make a really nice playoff run. A deal for the future, no doubt, on that Grabner deal that you mentioned, Christian. In case anybody missed it, I believe it happened. Sometime late last week, it was a five-player deal. Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday. A lot of OHL guys in that deal. Oh, yeah. Um, guys that you're not going to see for a year or two, but when they do see them, you're going to say you're glad that you got quantity over the quality of, one. let's say, one Michael Grabner. Not to say that he's not a good player, um, but, but could end up paying huge dividends for them down the road. So... Positive outlooks for the Rangers and Islanders. The Devils, it's interesting to see what happens overall, given the roster, given the regime change. Um, we just don't know at this point, and and we really won't be able to tell from these preseason games. You're going to really have to take a look probably two or three shows down the road when we really get to get a good evaluation of what we're expecting out of this Devils team this season and the health of guys like Patrick Eliash, of course. But the man, the man behind the glass, Richard Jean, has done a great job telling me how much time we've had left uh, over the last uh, couple of minutes. And we had a little bit over 10 minutes um, about a minute or two ago. And I want to save these last eight or seven minutes for a very important um, message out of, the, out of Team USA and the 2016 World Cup announcement. They have a coach now. Um, and everybody in the Tri-State area should know who this man is. He was north of the border for his last head coaching job in the National Hockey League. But John Tortorella has been announced to be the head coach of the 2016 United States of America team in the first annual World Cup of hockey. So, I have to ask, guys, because this is a very polarizing question. Christian, what do you think of John Tortorella <laughs> being the head coach of the USA team? Well, it's I'm familiar with him, to say the least, You know, watching the Rangers for the past few years. We all know him. He, he's very entertaining. Uh, but, you know... He's been out of hockey for a year, and I, I've I've read that he kind of used that time to kind of dig deep and, and look at what he's done wrong and assess how he's coached. And I and that's something that kind of struck Dean Dean Lombardi, and maybe was part of the reason he picked him. But he's the NHL's winningest U.S. born head coach. Um, he's gonna he's gonna have a system like that we know is is a grinding attacking system. He's gonna get his players' attention. He's gonna try to get the most out of it. I don't know necessarily if his players always respond to to the way he coaches, but he's won an, he's won a, a Stanley Cup in 2004 with the with the with the Lightning, and he's he's got a very good record in the NHL. And the past year things not past year two years ago it kind of soured for him. And maybe this time off lets him get back to to what got him there. And he's 
he's he's America's guy. He he's excited for the opportunity. He said it took him two seconds to to accept the offer to coach the team. So I like it from a standpoint of he's he's a U.S. guy. You know, meaning he's the NHL's winningest U.S. born coach, and, and he's got a proven track record. Can he get back to the old Tortorella? And there's a very good chance that a lot of the guys that he coached over, over in his time with the Rangers, Chris Kreider, Derek Stepan, Ryan McDonough, are almost chew-ins to make that team. Yeah. And it, you mentioned that system that he that he implemented while he was here in New York, Christian, and that's a grinding system, a checking system, a hot, very solid on the forecheck, lots of shot blocking. Well, you take a look on NHL.com and you take a look at those projected rosters. Team Canada, you need to block shots on every single one of those lines. I believe John Tavares is on the fourth line center, and they put Stamkos as a wing in order to compensate for the fact that fair. they had too many centers. <laughs> so, Layton, I have to ask you, uh, given that information, what do you think? Of the signing, the signing or the hiring, I should say, of John Tortorella back not only into hockey but Team USA for 2016. It's definitely an interesting pick. I think obviously Dan Bilsma was the last head coach for the USA team in both the uh, World Champion- Championship and the Olympics. And then you also got to remember Peter Laviolette was there. But I think I kind of love the pick. It's like it's really a random pick because it's not a normal coach like. You wouldn't think a, a coach like Tortorella. Yeah, got fired his last year in Vancouver. He got fired. Had a terrible season in Vancouver. Was a tough, tough as a fan of Vancouver. I'm also a fan of Vancouver. Everybody. <laughs> I, um, but it's it's like really it's really good and the way they do play, as you said, shot blocking team. The uh, last two really great uh, USA national teams in the Olympics and the World Championships. Um, they've had a team where they have to block shots because they do play teams that are so skilled. And you can't just forget about the European teams. There's going to be a European team that has the best players from all like the other European teams that aren't in it. Right. So you might have a team. You could honestly face teams where you're going to have to sh- block every single shot. And it, overall, I'm really excited for the World Cup. It's going to be interesting to see how ESPN covers it. But this... This is gonna be fun. There's a there's a, a North American under under twenty team, I believe, and that's gonna have Connor McDavid, Jack, all these guys. That's gonna take a lot of talent away, not only just from the United States, but even from Canada. I know that's hard to believe, but guys like uh, um, names are escaping me right now. But um, Johnny Gaudreau, people like that, they're not gonna be on the USA team. They're gonna be on that under twenty team. That team has the potential to beat some of the other. You know, just overall, just in general, teams that are going to be in the World Cup, just the talent that they're going to have, they could be Team Russia. There's a very good possibility that that. I mean, just take a look, guys. NHL.com has a, a whole thing about the World Cup. They've been previewing it uh, in the in the dog days of August when not a lot goes on in the NHL. It, it's going to be interesting. These aren't, of course, the rosters by any stretch of the imagination, but based on projections, based on points, based on how they how they think these players will fare this season, this is what it's going to look like. This is going to be a very very fun tournament to watch. Absolutely, and just getting back to Torrell, I I don't mean to to go back to, to the segment, but um, you know, you want a guy. I'm the one getting off track. So <laughs> you want a guy as fans who wants to to be the coach, who wants to be Team USA's coach, and he's he brings pride to that position. He brings fire, and he he's gonna get them to go after Team Canada, go after these 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 absurdly talented teams, and. And that's and that's why I, I, I like the pick. I, I like the Tortorella pick. I will the players respond to it? I don't know. I don't know if they think about what's what happened the past year in Vancouver. I don't know if that really strikes them, if they think about that. But I like the pick. I think it brings a, a new dimension sort of to Team USA. 
I also think it's a good pick because that's right in the preseason of the NHL season. So if you have a coach that has his own team, he may have said no to the USA national team to get his team ready for something that actually matters. Tortorella, he probably won't be an NHL coach this year. Maybe not next year. Possibly. I don't know. But I think that this is a a, good opportunity for him. It's a great opportunity as a resume builder again, because that last year in Vancouver wasn't good. But then you also got to remember so many great years in Tampa Bay, a couple really great years in uh, New York. And I think it'll be really interesting. But also going back to your point of the uh, U20 teams, the one downside to that is they also have to have like a U24 goalie. So I don't know. Not a lot of them around. Not a lot of them. They may have the best offense Maybe a very good defense, but then you also have to remember you'd have a 21-year-old goalie having to face a line of like Crosby, Stamkos, and like Tavares, possibly. Yeah, that 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 is that is a very scary possibility for any. I wouldn't want to face them, and I don't think professional hockey players would want to face them uh, much either. So, guys, we've covered a lot today. We went from Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel all the way up to a tournament that's going to be happening in 11 months. But again, five on three is back. Hockey is back, and I for one. I'm very excited. I'd like to thank Leighton Schneider and Christian Goey for joining me today. Richard Jean behind the glass doing an awesome job. I'm Anthony Pusick. See you guys next Wednesday. This has been One on One's Five on Three from WFUV Sports. Join us next week as we take you around the world of hockey. We'll see you then.